Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the JV Club. I am JV. Um, that stands for Janet Barney. And I'm sitting here with uh, Natasha Leggero, who I have known for the entire time I've lived here, because I think we were on a show together. We were on um, Jason Nash's, uh, it's like one of the first things I did when I moved down here. I may have not even officially moved down here. I think he did a show, correct me if I'm wrong, at Bar which he titled Hot Bitches of Comedy. He asked a bunch of girls to do uh, a comedy show and he said he was calling it Hot Bitches of Comedy. And I was simultaneously furious and flattered that he asked me to do it. I was like, God, this is like, this This bothered... Uh, poor Jason, I don't even know if he knows this, but it bothered me so much that I was like, I, I want to do the show, but I feel like this is like empowering in an insulting way. Like that Meredith Brooks song, like, I'm a bitch, I'm a lover. And you're like, ew, don't take my side. Like, don't... Don't represent women that way because it's, there's something about it that feels really... Especially when it's coming from a man. Yeah. It was like, hot bitches of comedy. Jason, what are you doing? Like I was thinking the other day because I was shooting something and I was... You know how like when you shoot something, sometimes you always wish that, you know, the other... Per- like you do better on the other person's take and you're like, oh, I just want to get one more take. Um, I wonder... I was wondering like if porn... Porn, like girls who act in porn, like do they ever want another take or like the whole time it's just like, please, is this almost yeah. over? Like you think, never you know, like, they never like, I think I could have orgasmed better. <laughs> like this is like, a freebie. <laughs> just one more. Like I just feel like I could, I could really nail it. Like it's just like, you just must be in pain the whole time. I don't know. If they're Maybe. like that though, probably they, they were molested or abused. That's, I, I can't help but think that. But I don't know. But at the same time, I have this thing with myself where I don't want to be. Then I feel like I'm anti-female because I'm not backing up women who are saying, hey, I do this because I love to do it. And how dare you tell me you're an anti-feminist if I'm telling you that I feel empowered by it and you're telling me, no, you're not. Right. Then I feel like I'm like I'm not supporting my fellow woman which feels horrible but and someone like kim kardashian i mean it's not like she's gonna like have discourse on something with you so maybe that is her idea of being empowered is you know she probably, yeah. probably what she puts most of her energy into is like her thighs <laughs> so showing them i mean maybe it, it does seem that i mean i just think we're at a weird place right now in general like everybody just wants to be recorded yeah and on tv yeah and any way possible and people are like hoarding taco bell rappers to get on tv like all these people who are on these reality shows like have you ever seen that like uh what's it called on tlc they have like my strange addiction and these people say they're addicted to things but i think i think everyone's just trying to get on tv they're so desperate for any kind of acknowledgement it is it's about it does seem like it's about acknowledgement it's about feeling special and about feeling like you're a 
part of yeah like everything's represented by the media now so so unless you're represented in that way it's almost like you're disappearing into nothingness and it's like when you you can't enjoy anything without recording it like if you go to a rock concert everyone's recording it like everyone wants like a image of of the thing instead of the thing so it's like they want images of themselves put out and it's it's just a different time this and woman, it makes you wonder how people are going to remember things. Are they going to even remember their experiences or are they going to have to look at the recording to even remember it because they were so checked out during I'm, the actual experience? Yeah. I mean, I've never been a person who takes pictures. Like when I'm on, I'm not into like pictures and video. Like I remember on New Year's, like we had some funny entertainment on New Year's Eve and like everyone was recording it the whole time and no one's ever sent me those recordings and it kind of was distracting yeah. from the event because everyone just starts recording things. And so it's like, I don't really know that it helps. I was thinking I that... It more distracting. Yeah, I was thinking that at um, the thing that popped into my head first when, we, when you just said that was when I was at the Hollywood Bowl at the National uh, concert. Oh, I heard of and that. And it was so... It was so beautiful and it was so great. And it was... But it... But I did feel the same way. I felt like everyone was recording it and I felt like people were live tweeting about it and they were buried on their phones and they were voice memo recording the music. And I just thought, are you even here? I mean, I know you're here, but it's so important to you that everyone else know you're here. And listen, I've been guilty of that. There are definitely things I've done where... I'm more present to the fact that I want people... Like when I went to the Harlem Globetrotters, it was as important to me to share the fact that I was at the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> as it was to be there. Because that's right. kind of the reason I went, in a way. you right, know, not, right. not like I didn't go to tweet about it, but I definitely no. was like, let's all just acknowledge that I'm having a great time at the Harlem yeah. Globetrotters. No, I went to Richard but, Simmons' um, exercise class and like I had to get pictures and tweet them. Or else it's like, what's the point? <laughs> I, that is... Wonderful. I'm so, so pleased that you did that. Yeah. So, so those, there are things like that, but when they're emotional things, like something that really is close to you in a real way, that is not Richard Simmons or necessarily the Harlem Globetrotters, I'll I'll do respect to both. But if it's a concert, if it's a a play, or if it's something that's something on TV that like, it's like, I, I, I think that tweeting the Grammys or the Oscars, like that's kind of like a new modern way to do things but the live shows i think you are kind of it's first of all it's disrespectful like when i'm performing and people are tweeting and like taking pictures and just texting their friends i guess because you know sometimes people are just drunk (laughs) and i'll see them in the front row and i'm like you i'm like right here oh i just had to tell my friend something did you think do you think it's going to get to a point where in 10 years a a stand-up comedian isn't even going to Note it's going to be such a part. Everybody is going to be so wired in. All, that's Can't maybe not an expression. Can't they just watch it from their house then? Maybe that's what it'll be when you have your podcast channel and you're you're just broadcasting from your webcam. I guess. But the thing is, it's like it used to be. Hold on, I got to sneeze. Hey, excuse me. That if I can observe <laughs> for a moment. What I love about that sneeze is it started out really bold and masculine and ended super cute. It was like, no <laughs> it was two different people. That was like a schizophrenic sneeze. I loved it. Uh, um, this woman was telling me the other day at this radio station, I was on the road and she told me that she was, um, she was this black woman. She's professional. And she said that and her, she was telling me how both her dads are judges and her sister who is this 
black woman who is also a, a lawyer has now quit her job as a lawyer and wants to become a country singer. And she quit her $200,000 a year job. She's like 35. And she just wrote a song called The View from My John Deere. Oh. And she's auditioning. She's quit everything. And now she's just trying to get on America's Got Talent or one of these singing shows. <laughs> and this woman is like, she's like from a middle class or a, a upper middle class black family of judges and lawyers. Like she has nothing in common with a farmer. But, like, she just kind of saw an opening. But that's what I mean. Like, so people whose initial pulls weren't towards the arts are now trying to... Everyone's trying to go towards the arts in a way. I mean, but the arts aren't even becoming like the arts. Like, when you watch TV... Like, I was watching the other night on that TLC show, My Strange Addiction. This guy's like, I'm addicted to picking up animal carcasses from the side of the road like that's his addiction I and mean, it's so it is. clear that he wants to be on tv but that's not like i mean it's not like he's an artist <laughs> that first golden rush when you pick up a marmot i'm not even sure what a marmot is when you find a perfectly intact possum that almost still looks like it has a little life left in its eyes you're never going back to Tasha. How dare you say he's not addicted to it? It's so sad. Addicted to it, I Natasha. Know, I know. By the way, though, I wanted to be on TV so bad when I was young that, like, I, I'm so glad there was not the internet because my tits would be on YouTube. Ah! I would have just been, like, showing. Because, you know, there's that, that station. What was it called where you can, like, live see girls? It's like, um, it, it's like a channel Everyone was using it to jerk off. The only channel I remember was Sp the Spice Channel. No, no. It's on the internet. Oh. What's that thing called? R chat roulette. It's like one of oh. those things. Did you ever know about that? No. I mean, that just turned into a complete place where people would like, perverts would go. But girls would just like, we could just be hanging out here. Like, let's say we're 14 because we would never do that over that age. But right. like, we, we could be hanging out in your room and just have a channel and kind of be in, in our in our bikinis and just kind of hanging out and like, you know, drinking iced tea or whatever you want it and just kind of flirting with whoever pops up. Got it. I would have totally Ooh, like been doing dirty, that. A dirty Brady Bunch yeah. opening. So it's just, anyway, I, I, don't, I feel well, sorry for the youth. That's all. Let me, let me, yeah, let me, uh, we, we've, uh, there are so many things that we started talking about that I felt like I wanted to acknowledge that I've now, um, forgotten i wanted to say that we were we that's what i remember first seeing you was at that show and that we have and we recently finally worked together on something and it was really fun and oh, now yeah. i feel a little bit of the sense of kind of oh this whole time i really wish we would have been close friends like oh I've, I, I know all these times of of seeing you and liking you and it's hard to kind of make that leap into putting someone into your rotation or whatever i know anyway. i'm really bad at that i am too i need more friends well, listen, you and I are going to hit the if highways and start there. picking up animal carcasses tomorrow. I can't wait for our own reality show. We'll be in bikinis picking up animal I'm carcasses. I'm picking up animal carcasses in a bikini. It's so specific. <laughs> but these things, it's like people, yeah, it's just, it's just, a, there's got, there's going to be a name for it. We're going to be the generation. Yeah. Whatever that generation is that, I mean, I guess it's the YouTube generation, but it's like, that's, what's going to define us is that we have this constant desire to be like an image of ourselves projecting. Yeah. Um, 
all I can think about is the fact that I verbally acknowledge too much because my we're recording this a couple of days after my first episode launched and this cute girl said uh, that I say yeah too much and <laughs> she's totally right because I, and what I was trying to explain to her was because of now I'm, I'm at the place now where I just want to respond to everyone who has a critique and, and be nice about it and say bear with me I'm learning da 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 I don't think you say yeah too much well I th- there's a thing about verbal cues where when you're just talking to someone you're having a, a, a nice conversation we're kind of we're just used to acknowledging verbally like yeah or uh-huh and when you're recording you don't have to do that because it kind of breaks up the momentum of the guest is what I've discovered um and so I'm a little self-conscious because it's the because I'm thinking to myself oh let just let Natasha talk don't be a puppy dog and go uh-huh 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 well I do hope that that's, the, that's the worst of your critique that you get because they get a lot worse I know it's gonna get worse <laughs> I know it's going to get worse and I'm not going to look at anything. I'm not going to look at any mes- message boards or, or or anything like that. But the stuff that comes directly to me, I can't wait for like somebody needing to tweet me to tell me that my voice makes them physically ill or whatever it is People that I'm going to hear. People can be so mean. I would, like I yeah. said, when I was 12, I would have been critiquing everybody's podcasts under an anonymous name in Rockford, Illinois. <laughs> now that's so you're from Rockford. Um, I was so mean as a child. Were you? Because I was. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I was going to ask you, but then I thought, oh, I hope that she doesn't get asked this all the time because because uh, this whole idea of like, oh, but the whole you're, you're too pretty. I mean, I know you have material about it. The idea of you're too pretty to be a comedian or you're too. Uh, I it, people want to know. People say, and I'm sure they say to you, in, it, with sincerity, how how is it that you're funny? Because you seem like you were, you would have, because people think, people think that people, but people think that, you know, you have to be damaged in some way to develop a sense of humor. And I'm not saying I disagree with that, but I think, um, that's, that's an easy way in for people to try to understand, or it's an easy first question to ask when they see someone who's beautiful and stylish and seems very confident and very funny and is able to sort of be critical of others in a very funny way, um, People, I don't. I mean, don't you feel like people? One of the ways that people try to understand that is to say, "What happened to you that made you funny?" But because otherwise, think, you'd be boring. I think, <laughs> yes, but I do think with most stand-up comics in particular, because improv is a little different. Improv, I think you can really just definitely have funny genes and like it be intelligent and gotten around the right group of people. And still, both parents loved you. But I feel like to get up on stage constantly for 10 years and, and endure what it takes, usually you did not get enough love from at least one of your parents. I mean, that's yeah. I, that's kind of what I think. Yeah. In terms of stand-ups, I'm sure yeah. there are exceptions, but it usually is like there's like a, a different drive behind it. Yeah, I think um, I I'm don't, not saying I don't, something terrible had to happen. I don't. To you, but I first of all, I agree with you. There's, there's something like you know when you read about anybody like who was I just reading like Tina Fey like she was slashed in an alley when she was young, you know, by some weirdo or like Sarah Silverman was like wetting the bed. Chelsea Handler, uh, you know, I, I think her her brother died. Like, I, I, it's like everybody has this like kind of fundamental dark thing. Do you want to talk about what yours is? Do you know what yours is? <laughs> well, I think that part of mine is just probably, you know, kind of like not growing up with a dad. You know, I yeah. think that that contributes to the um, the drive and the need for that kind of 
other love of random people and that extends to the whole business that (laughs) is trying to get people who are tweeting in the audience to pay attention to you why what's wrong with me why are you tweeting um that extends out to so many people performers in the business i appreciate you i i kind of isolating it to stand-ups but i i think so many actors and improvisers and performers and singers and all all those folks that there's that drive to, to be able to take the beating and want the rewards so much yeah. it's brutal so there and has you have to, to be have the talent on top of that yeah hopefully but i think people you know there's plenty of people without without talent who are able to push to the next level just from their pure ambition and it could also be because of the damage you know and sometimes they don't have talent but they're damaged enough to like really go after it to, I'm going to go back. Uh, I'm going to give the I'm going to give the people a, at least a sliver of your teenage years in Rockford, Illinois, because you wanted to. You wanted and you did some child acting, huh? You I was wanted a child it, actress. Yes. Um, I need to hear about that in stat. the theater. Stat. Okay. Uh, so I was like always. Did your parents do anything like that? I mean, I know no. your dad. You didn't really grow up with a dad, but no, my mom just um, signed me up once for an acting class, and then they fa- came and found me because I had. I think I, they found my uniform because I was like from one of the Catholic schools, so I would always go to the class. So they needed someone, so they called the school, and then I came in to audition for this like theater company that was like the only theater in our city, and there'd be professionals and amateurs. So I was one of the amateurs, but I did it for like eight years. So I would always like leave school and just kind of hang out there. But mm. I didn't have an introspective thought until I was twenty-one. So what? <laughs> so it was just that look there. at me, everybody. How I was can very I? Very much living like a like a different kind of. I don't know. Like I see in some, you know, in kids sometimes there's like a natural introspection. I don't know. Did were you? You probably seem like you were always introspective. I was too introspective, and I was too. I mean, I have reams and reams of journal entries and. Just like okay, I was empathy, just like super emotional emo kid. Oh, I was just like nature's disgusting. I hate dogs. <laughs> like I was just a bitch. Like I was just like I didn't think how my actions would. I'd steal stuff. Oh, I stole stuff. Yeah, like, don't get I, me wrong. I stole stuff. I, I just you know in terms of people's feelings it i didn't really take those into consideration. That, can I just say seem- while I'm while I'm disturbed by that. That sounds great. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people who You are probably still like just this. you pro I mean it sounds so easy. No. I know. I was oh. just I was just I remember one time I had this pen pal and my mom was like grounded me and so I was like I was writing I remember I was grounded in my room so I was like okay I'll write this pen pal back and she was in Ireland. And I must have been like 12 and I remember writing to her that she was a loser because she didn't have electricity. <laughs> And then I think I mailed it. Oh, my gosh. Because I was just mad at my mom. So I was like, the natural thing to do would be mean to somebody else. Because I didn't have, like, (sighs) the empathy or introspection or understanding. Well, what changed? Well, I went to college. Well, first Mm. of all, I had... Did you get your... I mean, when you... I I should say this. I had a lot of responsibility as a child. I was kind of like in charge of babysitting and cleaning. Like I'd iron my brother's clothes and take care of them. And so I was definitely like a mom. Yeah. Why? So I wait. Think your brother wore clothes that needed to be ironed. Well, we went, Who was I went he? To private school. 
was he a C? He went to, he was a in CEO. my world, he was a CEO. In my world, everything is rumpled and awful unless you're a CEO. <laughs> no, it was a Catholic school. So I remember I had to like, uh, you know, I just, I had a lot of chores. So I think in a way I kind of hated my life. So I was just kind of like, I need to get out of here. Yeah. You know, so whenever something was, but I, at the same time, I, 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 yeah, that seed of empathy was not sp- I must sound like such a bitch. I try to be a nice person now. I'm pleased that as punch <laughs> that you're just letting it all hang out. That's exactly what you what I would want. But I, I'm, I'm just wondering how that fits in. I mean, I felt like I was getting my heart broken and breaking hearts and all. I mean, how did like I was doing that too? Yeah. So you still so you cheating on boyfriends? So you knew how to get. <laughs> I love that this, I love that everything I'm saying, this is like a game we're creating right now where I give my sort of like ridiculous, over the top, empathetic, sad version of something, and then you turn it into like the bitch version. (laughs) I was born like, I felt like unloved. And you're like, listen, I was over everybody. I was over them. I was very obnoxious. I had a big mouth. I was just like, you know, constantly trying to kind of seize the attention were you a good student or were you a i was a student? c student uh-huh. i was a good student in college because i found you know classes that were more interesting to me but yeah i was a bitch and i remember it went I, then i moved to new york and i remember someone told me once they're like this is so embarrassing they're like you know when you when you talk like that to people it makes them really upset <laughs> oh, someone had to tell you that someone had to say I didn't know. Oh. Am I? Cr- I mean, I don't know why. Again, I'm envious. Someone have again, told me that? I'm envious because I was so worried about someone walking away from me thinking that I was anything other than awesome. Like if I just wanted to please everyone. Out there, could you please tell me whose fault that was that I didn't feel sorry for people? Like I remember just like really saying like that nature was disgusting. <laughs> I mean, I was kind That's of a pretty trying, broad statement, but like, I love nature. Like that is, yeah. I mean, I was just like very, you know, I would wear black and you just wanted to hang out. I just wanted to get away from my family. That was kind of my main ambition was, I mean, and be an actress, but like, I definitely wanted to get out of my shit town, which by the way, was rated in Forbes magazine as uh, one of the worst places in the country mm. to raise a family. That feels like. Now, based on what we talked about, about everybody needing to be on television and getting recognized for something that that's like, well, we know that Rockford exists. It won. It won as (laughs) one of the worst. Listen, we won. We are addicted to being horrible. I made it Southern and it's Illinois. They're usually Southern. Good. Great. I don't don't want it to seem like I'm a a bad person because I definitely have um, changed a lot. And I went to college and started learning and, you know, started having mature relationships. And But is that part of, I mean, so it seems like some of the kind of the jokes that you do or or the the characterizations that you bring that people remark upon that's kind of unique to your stand-up is born out of that sort of making fun of the idea of just being above it all and the idea yes, of the old so. the teenage you that was sort of like yeah whatever 
Yeah, very heartless. And and I remember that the first part I played, and I didn't even know what a play was. And when they called me in to be in this, like, you know, semi-professional. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't grow up in a place where you didn't know what a play I was. I knew what a play was, but I didn't, I had never been in a play. Okay. So what was happening was, I should, I should clarify, it was being adapted as okay. we were rehearsing. So every day there was, like, 10 new pages. Oof. So I didn't understand, like, I'm like, so it keeps happening. We just keep getting pages. Like, I just didn't know. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes so sense. I, it was, it was like, and it was great expectation. And the part I was playing was this young Estella, who's Miss Havisham's really heartless child. And I think that part of me, just because I was so young and I, I loved doing that so much, that part of me just kind of retained that persona. Wow, isn't that interesting? So I just kind of like always associated myself with that too. So I think that's a really interesting insight. So it's like a big influence. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure that was, that was, um, you know that mixed with Debbie Harry. Those and are just- two. <laughs> those are two really great, interesting ice queen, very magnetic, like kind of role models. I don't yeah. know what my version of that would be. The only thing I flashed to when you were talking about that and the age that you were was when I was in fifth grade. I was in a play about about immigrants coming to the United States. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> my version. <laughs> Russian woman with like a papoose. I played the mom because I was tall. (laughs) So I always play the mom because immediately that somehow defines age and bless your heart. But that, but, and so there was, there, it was called, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking anybody, any of my friends who I've known since elementary school. It did. It was a play about Ellis Island, and it was a musical. And I remember, I remember some of the lyrics to a song. And one of the songs was, um, it was, it was a song called "Officer, Officer," and it was a song about how you don't want to show that you're sick or weak because they'll turn you away at Ellis Island. That's what they were doing. As a musical, as for a musical kids? in fifth grade, in fifth grade, and so and I, and so we. I remember I I had like I didn't have I don't think I had any songs I got to sing all by myself, um, which I was very sad about. And uh, and so I think I the reason I remember this is because that I <laughs> I was so proud to have a line to sing alone that it's like cemented in my head. A la your young Estella, my version What's your is. Line? Um, <clears throat> uh, Better not hack, hold it back. One little cough and they'll send you off. <laughs> Better not sneeze, don't you wheeze. Or they might think you have a rare disease. <laughs> so basically you're suppressing your whooping cough, is it? You just got off a boat yes. from Croatia. Yes. <laughs> and that's basically defined your persona. Please. that's why i'm so empathetic oh my god <laughs> it's interesting what your early um <laughs> what your early uh influences are i know i know it yours are much cooler than mine yours well my I, but mine. i'm i'm in, i'm nice now i really am well what do you but but i, I try but let me i ask try to you, like i try to consider people i guess Speaking as someone, you do uh, Chelsea show all the time, and I did it a few times. And then I also felt um, I started to feel a little guilty about. I realized that I I was writing jokes to kind of skirt around making fun of the people, which is the whole right. point of the panel and I of know. those tidbit tidbits. Because I just became paranoid, like 
you know, Chelsea said something about a, a, a friend of mine once and he was really upset about it. And there was like a public thing where she kind of apologized uh. and then he was cool with it. And I just started to feel like I, it is I am opening myself because it's, it's to, it's kind of, but in, but on a good side, it's kind of fearless because I do feel like you're sort of opening yourself up for, well, what? I'm being shitty about someone else. So I guess I have to be cool with people being shitty about me. And I think I just, I got that scared me. I thought, who, how do I get to, who am I to be able, but I don't think that when I see you on it, they're doing it. I just think you're funny. But for, for me from the other side, I just felt like, Oh God, I'm so afraid that someone's going to, you know, that is to me, one of the hardest things about comedy is that, you know, and a lot of people would say, and a lot of people successfully, I mean, someone like Louis CK, his comedy is almost all making fun of himself, his situation, a lot of it, yeah, you know, and and then there's people who uh, critique society a bit more, like you know, someone like Doug Stanhope, or you know, it's mm-hmm. it's more outwardly against what's wrong in general, and and I tend to go towards that, to, you know, kind of in the way Bill Hicks did. To, I mean, obviously that's like the the highest example of it, but it, you know, just in terms of the style of comedy. Um, what if I just what if what I used for the tag about this the tag for the podcast is listen to Natasha say that she's the next Bill Hicks but I'm just saying it's a different type of comedy and I and I get jealous of people who can really use themselves it's just not how there's definitely like problems I have with myself but in terms of like comedy I I always want to aim it more at at society yeah Um, it's interesting as you're saying this I'm thinking to myself I'm much more comfortable like ripping on myself. Yeah, a lot of people are. And I think a lot of people, I think that comedy works really great. And then there's also like, you know, a nonsense comedy. Not nonsense, but like someone like Zach Galifianakis or right. Sarah Silverman. It's like, it's it's like it's there. It's just funny and fun. And it's not coming from like some crazy personal place or feeling a lot of times. Right. Um, I mean, it can, but, you know, it's it's more like mock yeah. But um so it's hard sometimes because I feel like if the butt of the joke doesn't like I used to make fun of when I didn't have any money, I was constantly railing on poor people because I was like living in like the worst situation and I hated how people acted and like now as I get older, I'm I realize that they're not the problem. And so I don't want to like make fun of people who are who are getting um ripped off by corporations. I mean, the corporations are the issue right now. And they're the ones who are like rigging the whole game and making everyone suffer and changing the rules. And I think society is like really suffering. And so would you say that society is having to iron shirts of the CEOs (laughs) of the corporations? (laughs) Yes, they are. Exactly. And, um, and people can't even afford to to take care of themselves and everyone's just like figuring out ways the rich people are figuring out ways to legally rig the game and so you know it's it's not right from like the 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 butts of comedy when you're when you're making fun of society it, it changes yeah personally so so for me I'm going through a time where it's hard for me to even come up with jokes because I don't want to like rag on the wrong people in terms of celebrities though I think a lot of these people who are out there so much, they kind of thrive on that. I mean, and I try to do it in a clever way. Like I think there's no one more banal and reprehensible than Perez Hilton, because that's someone who acts like they're really talented, who has nothing clever to say. And it's just kind of sad, you know, um, 
But anyway, what I flashed to uh, at just in the moment when you finished speaking was that I was going to ask you if you have stayed friends with friends that you had in high school when you think of yourself as being kind of a different person than you yes. are now. Yes. And do they see the difference? And do you guys joke about it? Or do you, you know, what what are your relationships like with people that you were friends with in high school? Or are they like, Tasha, you're the same person. Like, don't don't be so hard on yourself. Or God, you really changed when you went to college. Like, you just kind of became softer or you kind of... I read this great quote the other day. I'm trying to think of what exactly it was, but it was saying something like, you know, the relationship between lovers would be like, you know, naked bodies or something. And then the relationship between friends is naked personalities. Mm. And I liked that because it really reminded me of how I am with those people because you can kind of, there's no, they've known you for so long that, and it's different than parents you know your your oldest friends like you can kind of really rest when you're around them I feel like and just really be like a true version of yourself without pretensions or you know uh, any of your achievements or failures it's just kind of more real but yes I do have a few people like that and we'll make fun of it because we're both like how could we just like I remember this my best friend who lives here we were best friends in seventh grade like we stayed at this woman's house that was her parents' friend and we broke into their mother's jewelry like, and like took some of her jewelry. Like this was her parents' friends and we just thought it was cool the yeah. jewelry looked good. Yeah. But like, so we basically sh- like stole from her parents' friends. <laughs> it's just like so dark. Like I would yeah. never do that now. It's so like low class and sad and but yeah so we'll make fun of like how or i remember this is another friend they're the same friend we i remember my bus driver was like we had this like bus driver that we would totally boss around and (laughs) this girl i remember we decided wait what do you what how do you boss around a a bus driver you just like tell her she's an asshole like i don't know (laughs) like she's in a bad mood or she's mean so you're mean back so I don't know why I, I was remember. imagining you making her run errands with you because she has a vehicle. <laughs> I actually have a picture of me when we capsized her bus. So I'll, I should send that what? to you. And it's me driving the bus. But I remember blindfolding her, the bus driver. And so she had to pull off on the side of the road. And then my friend and I would like scream out the window that we were getting abducted. And like, <laughs> I, I, it seems like a different person. Wait, you... And then Wait. I remember the bus driver started crying. I was and about to quit. go back up. Beep, beep, beep. Because it's a bus <laughs> situation. Um, wait, you went... Wait, you I did you, you creep up behind her while she was driving? I thought it would be funny. a blindfold on her. Yeah, and we, she was like, I can't see. Yeah, she had, had to, to pull, pull over. over. <laughs> we thought it'd be funny. I Talk mean, about like <laughs> having no sense of your own mortality or any... I, I mean, wish I was more like that now. Oh my but gosh. I, so... So, yeah, I mean, it, obviously, that woman was probably having a very hard time in her life oh, just no. trying to make ends meet being a bus driver. She must have, like, yelled at me. She, I'm sure she did something to warrant that. Like, she obviously wasn't just sweet. But, like, yeah, when my friend and I talk about that, we're like, what the fuck was wrong with us? Oh, my. Sorry, I don't know if I'm not supposed to swear on this. No, it's okay. I do, and I, and and just what you said about missing that, fearlessness i do i kind of miss when you what and for those of you if there are young teenage women listening to this 
I mean, the the little bit of asshole in us there, I could use a little bit of that in, in this business that we're in. And I think a good way to do it, like this happened to me by accident. Cause I was in, I was in St. Louis last week and this is kind of a funny story. So my aunt decided she was going to drive up from Rockford, Illinois to come see me with her new family. And so there's like eight of them and it's a four and a half hour drive. And I had already got my ticket. I'm playing a casino. It's, I didn't need the added stress of having 10 members of my family in the audience, but they came anyway. And so afterwards I had like, I didn't have time. I, I had like stuff I was working on and I had to be up the next morning. So I was like, I can't really hang out with you guys. So my aunt comes back with her new husband up back to my room. She keeps talking. So finally I offer them some wine and then her husband starts making racial slurs and he starts, um, what did he call? He started calling black people woolies. What? I don't, Where does some, that even come from? I don't know. It's like some oh no some racial. I don't know what the fuck. And I was like, okay, guys, time to leave. And I because I was like, it, they were already infringing on my time. And then it's like I just felt like someone came into my room and just like let this like terrible stink bomb. You know. So yeah. I was like, get out. So I made them get out. And then I texted my friend who was opening for me. I'm like, those assholes finally left. You know. And I was like, I hate family. My aunt's husband was just you know, making racial slurs. And I accidentally sent that text to my aunt. Oh, <laughs> but then oh. I started. Te- so I was just going to let it go. But then I was like, and I knew I could confuse her with texts because I was like, she probably doesn't, she probably doesn't know you can accidentally send a text to someone else. So she probably thinks I'm just sending it to her. So I started bombarding her. I'm like, he shouldn't have said that. That's absolutely unacceptable. And like, I really like, went off on and like I sent like 10 texts about how wrong that was and she called me and we talked about it and he felt really bad but you know just being able to tell someone what you think because it was like it was like by accident because like yeah. I was just gonna be like no no I'm not gonna you know I'm just gonna complain about it to someone else but just I wish I could have had like the integrity to call him up and say if you're ever gonna be around me don't talk like that and he said I'm a racist so it's like if you want to be a racist, I don't have to be near you. I'm certainly not going to invite you into my room right. for like an hour and a half. Like, but it just felt so good to really tell someone what you think. And I don't know how to get in that mode where I could do that and not have it be some grave accident. That's so interesting. And I'm sure someone would argue somewhere in your subconscious you knew that you were accidentally texting your I really did Because you did need to say. I didn't. Because yeah. I was texting two people that week. You yeah. know, or that, you know, like when you're on the road. So it was like they, I was thinking about her. So I just... Yep. Texted her. Yep. But, you know, and she she emailed me the other day. She's like, you know, um, his, my husband, I don't want to say his name. I'm sure they don't listen to this podcast. Uh-huh. Um, my husband, he hasn't talked for three days. He feels so depressed. You know, like it really affected them that I responded so crazily on my text. So, you know, why not try to really make a difference and say what you think without being like overly crazy emotional, but... I don't know. That's that's kind of after that happened, it felt good. And I yeah. want to do more stuff like that. Do you feel like this is kind of something that I that I sort of stumble through um, from pop, from podcast to podcast, but it's so, because because I've never pretended I don't pretend that this podcast is about particularly for younger listeners that it's about hey, we've got it all figured out. We're telling you all the things we did right and all the things we did wrong and you should do exactly what we say. Not at all. Um, because I, I remember too well being a teenager and just being like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm and going I'm going to take do pictures it and- of my naked body and, and 
I, I would get them developed and then give them to my boyfriend. Did you really? Yes. Yeah, so See, when I was like 15, this- but now I would put them on the internet. Right, right. So I'm so happy that I just think like we don't even know because there's just a different, it's a different right. time now. Is So so that's, so I guess this is, this coming back to it, this is sort of the stumbling block is I don't want it to be like if you could give advice to someone da, like da, da, that. Da, that does not that's ha- not what it is. I guess it's just I guess it's just this. It's just kind of airing it out. It's just saying, you if know what? I did this and guess bus. what? Now I think I was an asshole and you're going to think you were an asshole too. I know. And maybe somehow that gets in there and your analysis and your you, you know, your your jerky side kind of tones down and you sort of hear that or you respond to it. Um because I don't know how to change the course of, and I think you and I were joking about it when I when I asked you to do the bot- podcast. Like, who wh- who are the role models for young women, and who's to say that we should be those role models? Certainly not me, but somebody that's more in the public eye, like you. Like, is it your responsibility? Or and and I think you made a, a joke, like God knows they need them, you know. But I don't know. But God I don't know. They I, need God them. God knows they need them. Let's give the children something to have hope for. Uh, I'm lying on the floor now because I'm so relaxed with Natasha that it feels right to just lie down yet still hold this microphone. I just hope I don't tell another wretched story from my past. Well, I get, but this is but this even what you just said about taking pictures of your naked body. Like I, I didn't think of I didn't I don't think that I thought I was sexy, and I don't think. Which isn't to say that I wasn't maturing faster than maybe I should have in in other ways, and um, and I lost my virginity at sixteen, so that's not like super early or super late. I don't think. I mean, that feels it's on the early about. Side. Is it on the early side? I think so. Uh, I mean, I was fifteen, sixteen. I thought. Yeah, I mean, I have friends who were in their twenties I mean, when they did. I have friends who were like thirteen when they did, which is seems oh, really? crazy for thirteen for our generation. Yeah, but um, that that's very early still. I mean, I think but um there's really a chance for people to be smarter now than we were i think everyone's evolving yeah because there's just more information out there i I hope that's true i feel like kids are having sex so young well but sex is going to change like you know there's going to be gay marriage soon there's going to be more gay parents it's you know people are going to be i i think people are going to repress being gay much much uh less so, you know, there's imagine in 20 years, if like a quarter to a half of the parents in a classroom are gay, then the kids will be thinking more about like, well, am I going to have a woman or a man? Like, I think that sex is going to become a little more homogenized. Mm. This is like, you know, 20 years down the road, like right. it's not going to be so different and maybe it'll just be part of it that people have sex early. It'll be, it'll be less taboo. Maybe. Right, and and then there's the the question of. I mean, when you have a baby, that's pretty. You know that that, that that's where it gets a little. Right. I don't know. Uh, for uh, particularly for women, sorry, but um, if the if if having sex, even if it's safe sex, and there aren't the same kinds of risks or ramifications, and the idea of it being less taboo, I still don't really know if, if I'm certain about when emotionally you're ready as a, as a girl um i'm not sure i know when i had sex, i'm just I not just sure bawling. you know i mean i i really had i'm i'm very grateful that the guy that i kind of you know i lost my virginity to and then continued to have sex with for a few months before yeah. we broke up which by the way felt like we were dating forever back then because and it was like two anybody, months do you think there's anybody out there who's like my first time was still the best sex ever. <laughs> I don't know. 
I hope I so. I guarantee it's not. I guarantee you're right. The best you That's what ever I mean. had. It's- it went downhill from the very first but clumsy my, time. I mean, the point of that is that I do think that probably... It was just good to get it out, you know, because then you don't have the stigma of being a virgin, the stress of that. And now I'm going to name, by first and last name, the name of every person I've ever slept with. Can you imagine? What if I sprung that on you and you had no idea? I was like, and now, as we do in every episode of the podcast, you you will list off in order, first, last, and middle name if possible, every person you've ever had sex with. And you were just, I don't. People have been doing that? Yeah, Natasha, every guest I've had has done it to a letter. I've only had one one-night stand, thank God. Uh, I haven't had many either. I don't know his last name, though. What was his first name? Grisha. Whoa! He was German. He was hot. Oh, That's the, the hot only German. One I, can I just say one thing before we go? Because I feel like I really Please. seem like I'm a bitch. I don't think that, but I, you can say whatever when you want. When I was growing up, I just felt like, and I, every, everyone must feel like that, like there's so much you're just reacting to that you're not able to like think of the world and society as a whole and like you're in like if you're hurting people like for me it was so much about just like getting out of where I was I think that's true for a lot of people yeah so it's like you have so much on your plate like just and then you've got school and these people are being assholes at school and then your parents and then your friends will ignore you remember like when friends would ignore you it's like I could I would not go back to a place where I had to go through that feeling for any amount of money like just one morning three people would just decide we're gonna ignore you so then like all week no one talks to you it's like those kinds of things like you're dealing with so much and then you might like someone and so it's like how can you even start like considering other people's feel i mean you can but i i wasn't able to like think of anything no i appreciate you saying that and i encourage the listener to um not the assume. listener like there's only one yeah if we're lucky if we're lucky <laughs> i think i picked that i i'm 100 percent sure i picked that expression up from jimmy pardo i'm sure that he likes to refer to the listener oh, okay. um but uh we'll be like accepting me. your comments your questions natasha and i will answer any and all questions i don't know what forum that will exist on unless you live in ireland because you probably don't have electricity i cannot believe that you posted and mailed a a letter to someone (laughs) can you imagine this girl in this village being so so excited for american pen pal and then it's just like some girl telling her she's a bitch (laughs) she probably still never set foot in america that poor irish peasant Well, I can speak on behalf of the immigrant. I wish I knew her name. I'd send her a letter now. You Listen, know what? Maybe my mom didn't mail it. I mean, if my mom, mom was smart, she should have she should have proofread my correspondences, <laughs> my overseas correspondences, <laughs> and not just let me put anything so in the grand. international post that I wanted. Oh. Listen, I've I have portrayed an immigrant, and I can only say. <laughs> That I've heard that in America, the streets are lined with gold. And in some places in Ireland, they don't have electricity. And I guess I relate more to the Irish immigrant than I do to the American living in her precious, horrible city. With ironing her her brother's crisp Catholic shirts. I mean... In a black cape. In a black cape. 
With eyeliner. And With eyeliner. Pla- high platform n- Nude shoes. underneath, <laughs> taking pictures of herself, spreading open her cape and giving oh, them to her boyfriend. Ladies, and from what I understand, some gentlemen... Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the JV Club with the wonderful Natasha Legero. If you need any clarification, just email me. All clarification will be provided after the fact. Please send us your questions, comments, and coupons. <laughs> I wish I, I, I need to. I need to have some coupons and coupons associated with this podcast. Uh, we will. Uh, we will leave you with that. And um, well, goodbye. always the jv club theme song is before we were brittle courtesy of the amazing say hi now leaving nerdist.com